This is episode 225 of the Fearless Launching Show, and today, to keep this product-based business interview kind of going, it's not really series, but we've been doing a lot more of product-based businesses recently, you know, I got a chance to chat with the creator of a multi-million dollar startup, and guess what the startup creates? Tea. Yes, Yes, tea, you know, that relaxing end of the day drink or beginning of the morning or the afternoon or whenever you want tea. So keep listening because if you're curious about how to build or create a new product like a tea type of product or any other kind of product really and how to build that type of business, you're going to want to listen because the creator of the startup has so much she's going to share and really this came from a family tradition, uh, a long-standing family tradition that she'd taken into her world and she never really saw it as something that would be a business. She just loves tea. So I cannot wait for you to dive in and you're going to like like a fly on the wall, you're going to fly in and the conversation's already started. So I'll see you over there. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches by working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games. I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Uh, well, um, I mean, I am um, an L.A. born and raised gal. Um, I actually grew up in Hancock Park and um, <laughs> oh my gosh, then yeah. moved to the West Side. Uh, yeah. So, you know, my my cultural background is that my, my parents are immigrants. My, yeah. my mom's Chinese and my dad's from Sri Lanka. And... What I really appreciated about both of their cultures growing up is that, you know, they really exposed me to this notion of community and connection through a cup of tea very yeah. early on. So I remember, you know, being sick or um, coming home to mom and she would make me a cup of Chinese chrysanthemum tea. Or if I went to Sri Lankan um, parties, all the aunties would serve a type of black Assam tea or chai tea. And so I really was exposed to tea being not just a, a drink with health benefits, which it clearly has, but more so that, you know, second to water, tea is the most consumed beverage in the world, especially in Asia for this particular reason is that, you know, when you come home, when you go to anyone's home, you're always offered a cup of tea yeah. as a way to just open up, uh, create the space where you feel like you can open up and, and share whatever is on your heart and your mind. Yeah. And so, I grew up exposed to that and it was so beautiful that I could share that with my friends and family as I grew up in high school. That's what my friends and I would connect over a cup of tea and even in college. And then I joined um, the workforce and I ended up moving to the Bay Area and earlier in my career and I, and I started working at eBay. 
um, at, you know, I guess considered a tech company and I was working in marketing market research and on my desk, I would, you know, people always knew that I was the girl that made tea at my desk (laughs) because I would have, always have these loose leaf tea canisters and I would have this kettle. I was so proud of my, um, this Adagio kettle I bought that each the temperature could change based on if it was a black tea, a white tea, a green tea. And then I would have my contraption to steep the tea leaves and then <laughs> it was pour a whole production. Tea. It was a whole production at I my desk, it. but I loved it because it was a ritual. But I realized, you know, in a fast paced lifestyle for, I guess I'm considering the millennial bucket, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on the go and when you're running meeting to meeting, it's just not a feasible uh, ritual. And mm. I was never satisfied with the tea bags in the break rooms because they're they're typically made with the last part of the tea harvesting production, mm. um, referred to as tea dust. So the I aroma, did not know that. <laughs> yeah, so the aroma and flavor that you typically get with tea bags is never as um, as aromatic as loose leaf tea. And I always was like never satisfied. And then also when you go to a meeting, a break, a, like a meeting room, they usually don't have a a place to dispose of tea bags, so you end up oversteeping your tea. It's bitter. Um, so all of these, you know, different, even, even, they're small frustrations, but they add up. And so that kind of inspired me to think about tea differently. And I, and I solely started just on eBay and on Amazon buying all of these different loosely tea blends and experimenting in my apartment kitchen, just like trying to, you know, figure out the base of, um, and the properties of different tea leaves. And that one thing led to another. And over, I did that over a year, a year and a half, just on my weekends and weeknights. And eventually I ended up creating this notion of a, of a tea drop. And a tea drop is just um, a compressed tea in a whimsical shape, like a heart star flower. I know, I love And it those. contains um, finely ground tea, uh, spices and uh, originally mine were lately sweetened with organic cane sugar, all compressed together in a fun shape. So I kind of call it like a bath bomb, but it's tea. Yeah. And you just add it in hot water and you watch it magically dissolve to the bottom of your cup. You have this, you keep the tea, the true loose leaf tea properties that, that dissolve to the bottom of your cup. And, um, you know, it's all encompassing. It's fun. And I would just, make it for myself. My first one I ever made was a cardamom spice because I love chai. So it had cardamom, it had raw ginger. Uh, how did you form that? Cinnamon. I'm sorry, like I'm like thinking about how did you actually make like, did you like, well, make, I remember you know? you know, my friend, my friend Morgan, who is such a sweetheart came over once with me and she has like more of a scientific background. She's like, Sasha, you gotta, you know, you gotta look at this like a scientific method. And she would go through, you know, like the scientific method you learn in seventh grade, which is like, um, you know, you, you first have a set of assumptions and then you, um, you try different yeah. ingredients, you know, you add different ingredients, you test those assumptions and then you iterate on that. So we really treated it like that. Like I would record, I remember I have notebooks where I would record exactly the ingredient proportions I would put in to make the drop. And I would do this. And after you do that over a course of a year and a half, you know, you're probably experimenting over a hundred or 150 times. And, um, and so that led me to that first drop. And, and that was just for, more for my own personal consumption um, because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think of this as a business. It was more of my own pain point. Yeah. And so I started sharing it with my, my friends at, at work and my colleagues. And um, people were like, this is pretty genius that you don't need anything else. And they really enjoyed it. And so I started, you know, selling it at different fairs uh, like uh, outdoor like my friend who invited me to a block party where I had a little stand and you know more artisanal 
um, farmers markets type of venues. And I realized that, you know, I was hitting on, on something that people really understood whether they purchased it or not. They were like, Oh, I don't need to steep it anymore or it's bagless. It's, it's more eco-friendly. Yeah. And so, um, that's when I was like, I should do something with this. And I didn't have the money to necessarily hire an attorney to patent the idea. So I remember I consulted with the small business, um, association. There was this older gentleman, I think he must've been in his seventies at the time, but he was a past uh, attorney. And I told him, you know, I don't have money to write a patent, but, um, I have this idea and he's like, well, why don't you just write your own patent and I'll look it over. And I had never <laughs> written a patent oh before. Gosh. So, so I was like Googling how to write a patent and looking at previous um, patents in the USPTO of like how to format it. And I, and I spent, you know, a couple weekends writing my patent for a utility patent for the process of how to make tea drops. And I had him look it over and he's like, well, at least you can file a provisional patent with this. And then a year later, when you can afford, you know, an attorney, then you can formalize this and, and add, add in. So that's what I first did. My, that was my first step. Wow. And then and then um, I started thinking about the type of packaging and experience I would want around tea drops. And that's when I really thought about, you know, my, my cultural heritage, especially on my dad's side. And and I soon learned later, um, actually recently, my dad was born on a tea estate in Sri Lanka. And, you know, I have I have pretty deep roots in in that um, in the tea world. Yeah. And um, I wanted I, I always remember my dad used to actually work for a British shipping company before he before he immigrated to the U.S. And he would always tell me about these beautiful tea chests, these wooden tea chests that carry the tea from from Sri Lanka on, on ships over to, to uh, Europe. And I always just thought, you know, I, I always would see them and, and they kind of have this historic value. They're so beautiful. And so I wanted to create a packaging that paid homage to um, these beautiful tea chests, but modernize it a bit. And so that's how I first designed this idea of a, wood, a sliding wood box that the tea drops would be yeah. contained in. And that's still today one of our best sellers, that type of packaging. Um, you and know, I your story, Sashi, I just have to say your story is really beautiful. Like just oh. listening to like, I, I'm just listening to how tea was such like a part of your childhood. And like, you know, it's yeah. like, it starts as one of those things that it's just like, very, it's very close to like you and your, your family and just, uh, just the stories that, you know, that your father, you know, would share with you. I just, I just feel like it's and I'm really still, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm still uncovering more because my dad didn't tell me that he was born on a tea estate until last year when I'm like, oh hey, dad, goodness. um, well, you know, there's, there was so much political unrest in Sri Lanka. And um, my dad is part of the minor, uh, what I consider the oppressed minority in Sri Lanka. So there's Tamils and the, there's a group called Singhalese. The, Sing, the Singhalese run the government. And um, the Tamils are the ones that, you know, were brought over by the British to work on the tea estates. And, and in essence, they were slave labor yeah. um, for many years. And so my dad has, has kept, you know, when he moved to, to the US, he really wanted to shelter my brother and I from a lot of the injustices. Sorry, it like makes me cry when I think about it. I know, it. like um, it's, of course, and that's why it's probably only gonna, there's, it's, I just feel like more is gonna be revealed to you. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of injustice he sheltered my brother and I away from, because he's like, I, I wanted you to be free of that when you grew up in the, in the in America. I wanted you to, not have any guilt or any um, 
notion of of this uh, oppression so that you could fulfill your your highest purpose. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm I'm so I have to just tell you, like, just a few moments ago when I was telling you that your the story is really beautiful to me. It's like I was like, gosh, why am I getting like so emotional? Like before you yeah. even started sharing, and I'm like, Sorry, because I'm it sorry. is like it was the same thing. Like it's just, like I feel that I feel yeah. it, Sashi. And um, I tear up because I was just talking to my dad this morning, and he's like, you know, there's so much more I want to tell you and your brother one day. And I and he, you know, he shared that he's like, I just didn't want your childhood for you to like grow up feeling any of that, that BS that really, yeah. you know, happened. And, and he's like, and I'm out of it now. And I'm so happy to be in America and look at the life we have. And, and he's just, what a, what a gift, you know, he gave my brother and I. Yeah. And, and so, he must be so that, insanely proud of you, like seeing oh, what you've yeah. done with this tradition. Just, yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it's such a, it's such an amazing thing to be able to share with both my mom, my mom and my dad, but in my dad in particular, because there's so much that, you know, um, during that time when he moved, he ended up, the reason why he moved to the U.S. is because he was pursuing his MBA at UCLA here in, in L.A. And that's where my, he met my mom. And um, at that time, you know, because the political unrest was getting really bad and his, his, his family home ended up being burned down in the riots there um, in Sri Lanka. And so, um, you know, immediately he kind of... Um, he had four other siblings and he's the eldest. So he had to find homes for them, either move them to England or, um, you know, find them other areas within Sri Lanka that they could, that they could safely harbor. And then he moved my grandma here to the U S. So, um, there's, you know, his story of just getting here, you know, and there's just so much to unpack is what I'm, is I guess what I'm alluding to. So, um, he really spared us so many of those details that we didn't really know growing up, you know, yeah. um, here, here in the U S but anyway, so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely deep ties to, um, the States and his, his grandfather used to, um, he was one of the magistrates on the, on the T estates and used to kind of, um, work for the government, but I, I ended up being very lucky and fortunate to go visit this, the Dairy Clare estate where my dad was born last year. And it was really awesome and magical. And, yeah. um, so and anyway, emotional so, too. I'm, I'm oh, sure just like he, just being there. Yeah. And like seeing just children, there still like wearing newspapers on their feet, running around super happy. But I'm like, dad, like, how did you even get to the U S like, you just look at that and you're like, it's not even, it doesn't feel possible that that could be a reality for him, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess fast forward that, that that was the packaging that I ended up launching. And I remember um, I found this Asian supplier at a show and I told him my idea for this box. And he's like, well, you have to order a minimum of, you know, I think it was like 500 units at the time. And that was so much for me. I'm like, uh, you know, investing thousands of dollars in packaging when you didn't even know if you could sell a box. And so I ended up, ha- you know, shipping these 500 boxes to my living room and, um, you know, hand making the tea drops. I think my mom blew up and helped me package my first 500. Wow. And the first, the, the first couple hundred, I just gave away to my friends and family because I wanted them to give me feedback. And um, kind of once I had some decent feedback and started selling this, um, I, I then decided to, to leave my job at eBay six months later and um, with the rationale that either, you know, I would invest money in, in pursuing a higher, uh, like an MBA or I could, 
use all of that and, and put it towards this business. And I ended up choosing to do to pursue this business instead. And, um, you know, started gaining a lot of traction in, in these smaller boutique retailers. And I think our first big account with Anthropology took us on. Mm-hmm. And then a site called Urban, um, not, we're now in Urban Outfitters, but uh, Uncommon Goods. And, yeah. you know, going trade show to trade show, these gift trade shows across the country, I, I must have gotten to 20 or 30 my first year. And really just being on the ground level, um, you know, just uh, hustling and trying to, yeah. trying, to, trying to meet whoever I could and share my my product and my vision um, yeah. with them. And so it, it slowly caught on that way. Um, and, and since that time, you know, we've grown. I first started in my, my fulfillment center was in my garage at the time. And then we... And I was making the product in my apartment kitchen, and then we moved to a, manu- a self-manufacturing facility in Santa Cruz, and I had a staff there. And then when we grew out of that, I then found um, someone to actually make my product for us here in Los Angeles, and we have now a manufacturer in New Jersey. And um, been able to scale the team and, and move here to, I, I moved the business down here to Los Angeles. And um, now, you know, we're available in over 2,000 retailers, and but most of our business comes from um, directly online. So selling both on our website and on Amazon. Oh, I love that. I love the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason, you know, the reason why, I mean, it's taken a relatively short period of time for all of this growth to happen is because of that deep, um, connection to like why it started how like why it's important to you and I think all of those things really and even just like looking at the packaging and and the website I mean it's clear the care you know that you have for the process just the process of of enjoying tea you know so yeah it's 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 a, it's like a full like passion passionate project there's so many different levels of where you where it means something I think to you um, so I don't know. I just, yeah. love, I love that. No, I think, I think the why is very strong for me. You know, the why I do this, why I get up, why I've sacrificed, you know, so much in a sense to, to, um, bring this to life. And, um, my why is really around that notion of community and connection through tea. It's, it's mm-hmm. certainly been a huge source of, of, um, comfort in my life just, you know, that I started this, this relationship with tea through via my parents, and I've been able to carry it on with friends and, and family members. And, and now, you know, at our, our mission statement is we create magical um, moments that connect you to what's important. Um, so magical tea moments that connect you to what's important. And when we say what's important, it's that connection to oneself, to your friends and to others. And um, through, you know, using tea drops as this vehicle, I think we're able to really um, create this this community I've always dreamed of, of people who not just not just, you know, love this product because it's innovative, but because there is a lot of care and not just care for how the way the product is presented, but care for each of our customers. Um, we do these, you know, on a weekly basis. We all are. Um, we all have to call a customer and at least have an hour long conversation and not like a forced conversation, but it just beyond talking about, you know, their tea behavior. It's like, you know, who, how are you connected and involved in your community? Um, what's your family composition? Yeah. Like? like, What are your interests? Like way beyond 
um, the cup of tea. It's almost like we're having a cup of tea, but just over the phone with the, yeah. with, our, with our customer. So, um, you know, that's a really important part of the tea drops DNA is this notion of community and connection and really keeping that alive. And I would say the only the other component that I probably forgot to mention is that beyond um, being a platform for community, we also, uh, you know, when I started this company, I really wanted to have uh, a social mission or social connection. Um, and I was looking at a lot of different charitable organizations. And as I started just being more aware of, of the water crisis and that still, you know, millions of, of people and children do not have access to clean water, um, that it's not just an issue that's related to hygiene, sanitation or education, but without a, without clean water, you can't have access to life simple pleasures like a cup of tea. And yeah. so we've partnered with Thirst Project, which is, which is also LA based, and they focus on the global water crisis through youth education, but also building water wells around the world and specifically in Swaziland and Africa. And our relationship with them is such that with for every box of tea we sell, we donate a year's supply of clean water um, through their organization. Wow, that's amazing. And, yeah, that's amazing. so we've been able to now um, contribute to two wells. Our team will be flying out in August to help build one of them. And that's going to be able to impact you know tens of thousands of individuals. Um, and I think that's also something that's really important, like at the heart of our community as well. You know, what's interesting is that I just spoke to, like I just, <laughs> I just interviewed someone yesterday and she has a nonprofit now, the name is Escaping Me, that they actually um, kind of support these um, organizations who are building the wells. And she, she ha her, the nonprofit that she runs um, repairs the wells. Because, you know, wow, over time, yeah. that's, an, I mean, I yes. would think that that's something that's very common that's needed. You know, people have wells Absolutely. everywhere that need to be re repaired. So she has, that's like her kind of part of the, of that, um, that world. So I was like, wow, that's interesting um, that this is coming up that. again. I'm like, what's going on here? I think I need to get involved somehow. Um, so I'm curious because you said, you know, like, it sounds like you went to trade shows. That was the route to get into stores. I'm not sure how that that process works, um, but I'm assuming that there's part of that is why you were able to get into some retail locations. Is that is yeah, that I think the it, process? It, it's a combination, right? I think the first year was like, okay, wow, there's this whole gift show realm and circuit like I, I never was obviously exposed to and I started um, my first show was the San Francisco gift show yeah and um, we ended up you know doing really well there and I was like oh this is a whole new universe and so that inspired me to kind of seek out these gift shows across the country and I would fly to Dallas to Atlanta to New York the New York Now show for back to LA and um, do all of these shows and so that's how we developed our first couple hundred accounts because the buyers um, then, from those retail locations kind of just go there looking for interesting new. Yeah, they're looking for new interesting products. Yeah. And then um and then once they they see it and they, you know, then they rebuy and then it's kind of word of mouth and then I discovered that um there's actually gift showrooms. So there'll be um kind of sales groups that have a showroom where they feature a product, buyers come in and they buy for, the, you know, wholesale for their stores. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to like go sh show to show anymore. It's a lot of wear and tear and it's so physically demanding. Um, and so I was like, well, I may as well just get a sales team to really represent our product. And so I, I ended up going that route and having sales reps in Atlanta 
in um, for that for the southern region, the Rocky Mountain region, um, and I think at one time we had a sales representation group in um, on the East Coast, and so they would bring in um, additional accounts for us. And now you know that's really shifted because now there's these online sales rep groups like Fair. The Fair is the probably the biggest one where. Mm-hmm retailers can go on and shop your products at wholesale prices and so that's been a huge avenue for us so we've grown now through that um, and you said you have a website too and i mean i'm looking at mytdrop.com but um did that come after or were you developing that while you were doing oh i was doing that while concurrently yeah um and so we had i mean it's gone through many iterations and i think like a child um you go through different um like our identity has shifted and grown, you yeah. know, or evolved, I, I should say, over time too. So the sites changed a lot over time um, and will continue to. Yeah, I think that's a natural kind of evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that you ever, did you have like any kind of launch moment where you were like, okay, we're out there now, we're we're live, this is happening? Or or was it kind of it? it kind of maybe feels like maybe there was that moment, but, but it's been more of like a spreading thing that you it just like, slowly, yeah, you know, it's so funny. Cause people say like, how long have you been around? And I'm like, well, I guess like I, it's hard to say like, I, okay, I officially have our, you know, um, corporation documents that say the end of 2015, but I was working on this, you know, while, while I was still working a full-time job since maybe 2013. Yeah. Um, when you think about all of the everything else that went into it. and even at the end of 2015, I still like, I think had a full time job. Yeah. And I was, you know, so so no, there was no official launch date. It was only, it was very iterative, you know, it was yeah. like, let's try this. Let's try these shows. Okay, we're still, you know, we're getting traction. I'm making enough to like hire an intern to help with fulfillment. Um, and then let's try, you know, um, selling online. Let's try collaborating with, um, you know, another brand on, on like a teeny and book package. And let's, I, it was very much the beginning years were just very experimental because you don't really know where, you know, what your key channels are. You're just, you're, you're figuring out your own identity. You're figuring out what your, what channels work. You're figuring out the formulation and scaling, like making your recipe at scale. There's so much that, you know, that has your attention tied up and I'm a solo founder, so I don't have, um, I didn't have a co-founder to like share some of these, these, these responsibilities with. Um, I mean, I love that. I love the, that process. And even though, you know, I generally help people with like, you know, their launch of something, but I, Mm -hmm. but I also really love that, you know, I even think a launch can be just everything is experimentation in your business. And, and it kind of goes fits with the idea of tea. Tea isn't some kind of, okay, we're launching tea, you know, and yeah, like it, it is almost like it's a tradition that's always kind of been here. You can't really trace it back to maybe the first T, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know. I just feel like that, that iterative process is a really, it, it works and it, it, it clearly has worked for you. Um, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it also keeps you, especially being like, if you were working on this complete, completely by yourself at the very beginning, I mean, that's all you kind of can do. Okay. Let's try this. Okay. I'm going to start building my website. Okay. We're going to do this now. 
okay, now I'm going to go to this, you know, trade show or now we'll do this, you know? So, yeah. And it's also like every dollar really mattered, you know, I bootstrapped this and like everything I can only like test little bits at a time, very low investments. I mean, I remember even just getting a booth that was like $1,700, you know? Yeah. Like, oh my God, am I really going to pay this much for the booth? Like what if, you know, obviously you're worried you don't make the sales with, with transit and everything else. Um, those are big investments at the time and, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't get funding till later, but like, even now it's like, you just have to be, um, it's, it's a similar mentality that that I still want to maintain with, um, with the team and the way we approach things that every dollar does matter and we have to see impact, um, yeah, impact with it. Yeah, for sure. So do you have like a, a big, you know, where do you feel like you, do you talk about, uh, tea drops on social a lot do you feel like there's any one channel now that you're focused on that you're that you're enjoying that you're excited about I would say Instagram has been um, a big one for us because our product is very visual in nature mm-hmm. and so from a content um, side of things we can always create these fun whimsical um, you know, uh, sorry, these fun short videos that really display how to utilize tea drops, how it can be infused in different recipes. Um, and you know, there's so much, there's so much, um, that you can do on Instagram to showcase your brand, your brand values. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, as a community, so that's been a really strong channel for us, both organic and from a paid side. And actually, then, um, just yeah. a quick note, like I would think too, that, just the nature of Instagram, it's easy to really have the community there and have other people sharing what they're doing with tea drops and, you know, very, very easily building that kind of sense of community that you already want to be building, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, so like, that's it. how we showcase, like, um, you know, I've always been telling my team as we evolve the brand and we are more of an e-commerce first brand that um, there is this idea around a lot of e-commerce subscriptions and millennial brands. Like if you look at, um, you know, Goop or True Botanicals and mm-hmm. I don't know, just a lot of these brands feel very exclusive and um, and almost like a, uh, like slightly like a mean girls club, you know, where it's yeah, like, like, you're like oh, beautiful. you're the cool kids. So whatever. Yeah, definitely like you're the cool kids. And <laughs> I kind of erred on the opposite side of things with yeah. our Brand, it's like you know everyone's invited to this tea party. Um, you know we have we have customers of all demographics, from women who are like in their late sixties that love to tea drop, all the way to college students and every walk of life. And so you know we try to um, feature just the diversity of our of our um, community through. We have this thing called Boss Babe Spotlight where we highlight just what it doesn't have to be entrepreneurs but women doing cool things. Um, every Wednesday to just featuring our different customer, their user generated content on our stories, typically on a daily basis. So um, it's been a fun way for us to connect with our community and and showcase, you know, be it like a source of inspiration, not just in the tea space, but in life in general. And you like use our, use our social platform for that. I'm curious as you've grown, because if you've started, you know, as a solo entrepreneur as you've grown have you felt like you've had to give anything away like that was hard for you to let go and let somebody else do or do you find yourself you know that I feel like that's like one of the things that um, many of my clients struggle with is that moment when they're like 
I'm not actually making as much impact as I can because I'm not giving this up. Like, are there things like that in your business? Um, You're like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> no, I just think that I, I've never had a, a hard time letting go, um, which I, I'm very thankful for. Like, yeah. someone else, someone else wants to take on manufacturing. Awesome. Like, you I'm got so it. Grateful. Like, <laughs> do it. And you probably do it better than me. Um, I've never been an ops person. And so I re I realized like soon that was like my first pretty significant hire I was going to make. I'm more on the marketing side um, of the house. And um, and even with marketing, like I love to collaborate and delegate a lot of that because uh, I, I, I realized early on and this I even realized in my career prior to this is that I'm more of a generalist. I'm not really an expert in any one thing. And I used to always like, be annoyed at myself for that like go specialize in something like you know you're mm -hmm. just you're like baseline good at things but not really good yeah. and um and I realized that for what I do here that's actually a great skill that I I know enough where I can um you know know right from wrong quote unquote but <laughs> I don't need to be the expert in the house for it I love I that. I think. That. I mean, I think that's an amazing um, place to get to, or or just to be. Like, so for people who are struggling, you know, getting to that place where you can let go it, and realize, you know, because I've also had that generalist kind of angst feeling. Yeah. That gosh, you know, why can't I be better at this? And the truth is, actually, it's a good thing you're not. <laughs> just hand it off. Yeah. You know, somebody else can obviously do it better, and that's good. Um, so I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, where, what are you excited about now? Like what are, what are some big things that are happening now or anything that, that you're working on right now that you're, you know, maybe especially just excited about as we kind of were in 2019, are there anything, is there, are there any things yeah. you're working on? Yeah. So we, um, are, are launching a couple different things. So we, um, are launching our first tea subscription program Ooh. April 1st. And cool. really, you know, I really wanted to create this notion of like a magical tea experience that's delivered to your door um, on a on whatever cadence you want on a monthly basis or, or bi-monthly, whatever that is. And um, you'll be able, you know, we have this quiz that, that you could take to kind of outline your tea preferences, whether you like floral notes or, or fruity notes and whether you like caffeinated or non-caffeinated and has a certain quiz flow you go through. And then you get delivered really a customized um, tea box that's catered to you with an assortment of 15 tea drops and a recipe, a fun recipe each month that you can use your tea drops to make like a like a matcha boost smoothie or something, you know. So um, it's going to be a fun experience. And I'm really um, excited to kind of see how our our community takes to it. And then we also have a line of other functional teas that are launching Um Later this year, we have a tea that's specific for um, for feminine health and menstrual pain <laughs> called Flow, and we have um, one that's, that's meant cool. for for mental focus called Roar, um, and a, our first iced summer tea um, that's going to be rooibos and peach, and it's called mm. Summer. And then we have a CBD tea that's uh, lavender and mint called Chill. So those four are going to be launching later this year on top of our subscription. So we're really busy, um, obviously, ideating and making sure that um, we are in in both production mode, but obviously we really rely on the feedback of our of our customers too. So 
Um, we got a lot of feedback from Expo West, which was the largest indus- uh, um, industry trade show in our space uh, last two weeks ago, actually. And we're iterating based on that and we'll be launching later this year. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I had to take that down just so I was like, ooh, I'm going to take that. I want to take that quiz and figure that out yeah. for myself. Um, yeah, this this all sounds really amazing. And I'm I'm assuming that everybody can just go to myteadrop.com to, kind of, to find out when those things are going to be available. Um, yeah. And follow you on Instagram. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. Yeah, you can follow us. And, you know, um, I would say, you know, those are the immediate... Uh, launches with tea drops but we're, we are always just evolving to deliver super unique tea experiences that again connect you to what's important so um you know our job isn't done until we reach as many people as possible and i really <laughs> think we have a shot to you know be the that tea brand for the millennial generation and i think no one really has in the online space is um, speaking to consumers in that way, making tea fun and approachable. Cause I think for so long, especially look at British tea culture and et cetera, mm-hmm. it's so high, it's very highbrow, you know, it's very much like a, like an elite experience or ritual. And I think we just want to make it fun, approachable, accessible to everyone. Yeah, so that's, I love that's it. kind of the longer term, broader goal for us. No, I think it's great. You know, that just, um, Two days ago, I was speaking to my friend who has recently given up coffee, and she is always talking talking to me about her tea. I might just need mm-hmm. to just send her something to support that whole getting rid of the coffee um, for her. I mean, she goes in spurts, so sometimes she'll be back on the coffee, but she really, like, she actually tells me about her tea and tells me what she's doing. Wow, love that. Likes to share that. So I think that's interesting, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, Um, Well, I loved chatting with you today, Sashi, and the fact that we're probably over the hill from each other is great. Yeah, Um, we should definitely connect. Yes. And and if you want to send me your address after or just email it to me, and we'll send you some some of our different tea assortment. We'd love for you to try it. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I will yes. totally try that. I would love that. Yep. I'm actually already on your site because I'm like, oh, I've got to, got to send some to my, <laughs> to my tea friend. She knows who she is, so she's she's listening. She'll <laughs> she'll know I'm talking about her. Um, yeah. But thank you so much, and I and I really um, want to encourage everyone who is listening to check out myteadrop.com. I know that I know my peeps, and they are definitely tea drinkers for sure. Um, so it was just lovely chatting and I wish you all the best. This has been really great. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity and listening to the story. Okay. Take care and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn a little bit more about tea drops, well, make sure to head over to the show notes because I've popped in a lot more of Sashi's information and how to get get your hands on some tea drops. This, I, I really thought this was an amazing story and a little kind of after afterthought, you know, there was a moment, I don't know if you heard it, where we got a little bit choked up. It was a really emotional time during one part of this episode. So if you didn't hear it, I really encourage you to go back and and listen to her talking about really discovering that she actually had deeper roots in the tea world than she ever thought she did. Um, That's just the beauty of this um, conversation. Anyways, 
head over to ansamoylove.com forward slash 225. Learn a little bit more how you can get your hands on some tea drops. And also if you have any questions about the business and how she grew and her, um, any of her other projects she's working on. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode and you want to hear a little bit more, well, I encourage you to get on the Fearless Launching wait list because Fearless Launching is one of those programs that teaches you the foundational pieces of launching, no matter what you're launching. And then in our lab, we take it all apart. We experiment. We talk about what it is you're launching. And so no matter what it is you're planning to do, you've got a home, you've got a place to experiment and share everything with a bunch of people who've been through it and who have tons of different types of businesses. So make sure to get onto that wait list, fearlesslaunching.com. And I will see you in next week's episode. Take care.